0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you, dear listener. Welcome to episode two of Floaters. It's uh, currently October 2020. Uh, I'm told it will continue to be October for the rest of the month, uh, despite... This whole year being a blur and um, me confusing every month uh, since April for March. Um, but onwards, onwards we go. I'm coming to you live from the inside of my wardrobe, actually. Uh, only the highest production value on this podcast, I can assure you. I read somewhere online that it's quite good to sit in a wardrobe if you're recording something and you don't have a recording studio for uh, sound absorption. and uh, Do you know, I mean, the sound quality isn't too bad. But the only thing is that I'm I'm having to negotiate my rather long legs and trying to (laughs) negotiate with my legs. (laughs) Could you please? Um, trying to get them into this short small (laughs) space. So I have a feeling this intro is gonna be quite short because I'm I'm quite quickly losing Uh, feeling in in both my legs. So um, onwards, onwards. So uh, today's guest is an environmentalist and all-round just wholesome human being, Emma Tully. Now we talked about uh, all sorts of things, including going to international school, our changing attitudes towards our passport countries and uh, Trumpy Wumpy, he even got a shout out. As did uh, every European's least favourite word and subject. Can you guess it? Can you guess it? Oh, you know it. It's Brexit. Of course we mentioned Brexit. But I thought I'd give you a little trigger warning just ahead of it. And uh, we talked about loads more than that. So um, I really hope you enjoy. And without further ado, mainly because I I really have lost feeling in my legs now, (laughs) here is... The second episode of Floaters with Emma Tully. Okay, let's just get straight into it. Um, I'm here with Emma, and you are broadcasting live from uh, Washington DC.
1: Yes, the nation's capital. <laughs>
0: exactly, very exciting place to be at the moment.
1: Yeah, a lot, a lot going on. A lot of uh, <laughs> I, I heard a lot of hel- helicopter activity yesterday. Um, Right before they announced that the president was gonna be moved. So oh. I think they're I think I feel like they were probably just scoping out the traffic in the area just okay. to see. Um but yeah, yeah, yesterday was pretty crazy. Yeah, I can imagine.
0: I mean, all the pings I'm getting on my phone as well of all the updates and it must be quite tense even being there. I mean we should say we're recording, is it a couple of days or the day after it was announced that Trump's got COVID? So
1: Yeah, the day after. The day after.
0: Yeah. Um so, I, I mean, generally, are you having a good pandemic?
1: You know, I, yeah, I, I count myself to be very lucky. Um, You know, I'm employed. Um, I started a new job during the pandemic. Um, during I'm the a, pandemic, that's amazing. Yeah, so it, that's been interesting, like just fully teleworking and getting to know a new portfolio and all that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I work at the... I'm a contractor at the state department, um, but it's like, it's been nice. Like my team's very nice. um, But yeah, it's like hard to get to know people in like the office really when you're Mm -hmm. only really like um, having conversations with people about work, like be it on like teams or like on a conference call. So Mm -hmm. that's been interesting. Um, But outside of that, yeah, I got myself to be very lucky. um, And I, I've been, like, da- like, doing stuff that I've always wanted to do, but I guess I never had the time to, you know? So, mm-hmm. for example, um, I started, like, learning... I started self-studying Japanese, um, but now I'm taking uh, Japanese classes, so that's been really cool and, like, a nice way for me to, like, occupy my time and stuff.
0: Wow, that is really cool. Like, can you... Like, have you got any phrases that you could give us?
1: Um... Uh, what can I say? Um... Kunnichiwa, Watashiwa, Emma desu. um Um that, that was basically just introducing myself. My name is Emma. Like good afternoon. Um it's nice to meet you, essentially. That's
0: so cool. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, you could have been saying anything. You could have been like swearing your head off, but I still think it sounds so beautiful. That's that's yeah. great. What so a
1: great way. It's, it's, it's been a good way to like occupy like and like a, a kind of like a productive way like learning a new skill set during this time, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's definitely the time to do it. I mean, I've been knitting, like there's no tomorrow. That's my new thing right now. I am, I mean, everyone I know is going to get Christmas hats and knitted, like beanies and things for Christmas. That's, that's definitely happening. And today I actually ordered some new yarn, which I'm very excited about. Very
1: excited. (laughs) Yeah, and like with that, I guess you can just um, watch TV and do it, you know, if you get to that, a good point.
0: Oh, definitely. And I can consume all kinds of television and podcasts at an alarming rate. So I just go through it all and um, yeah, I've got loads now. I've got too many almost, but I'm just gonna keep going because why not? You get better the more you do it. Yeah. Uh, but were you able to um, quarantine with your family during the time?
1: Yeah, so i've I've been um living at home essentially uh, ever since I moved back to DC. Um, so yeah, it's just me and my dad. Mm -hmm. um and i'm like we have a good relationship so like we haven't had any like fights or anything it's been pretty normal i mean it's like i think it was definitely like an adjustment um now we're spending like a lot of time together Mm -hmm. but i think it's been good because like we've been able to like have some good conversations and we've been our form of bonding is like to watch like a TV show together in the evening so we've gone through quite a few series
0: <laughs> <laughs> what kind of series have you been watching what's like the top one that you've got
1: um so we uh we watched avatar the last airbender did you ever watch that
0: i watched the cartoon series but i didn't watch the is is it like a new live action one
1: no it, that one's coming out um they They just released uh the cart the original cartoon series on Netflix um so we 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 rewatched that because um, I watched it with them again in um high school but now we rewatched it and then there's a sequel series Legend of Korra. so that that was a fun like blast from the past oh like a nice and nostalgic I had no
0: thing. idea it was on Netflix I'm you've now added something else to my list
1: <laughs> yeah amazing. it's really good I would say it's my one of my favorite shows
0: mm-hmm and um, where's, your, where's your brother and your mom at the moment?
1: Yeah, so my they're both in Finland. Um, yeah, my mom was supposed to visit us uh, this summer, um, but then the pandemic happened, so um, she's in Finland. Uh, and my brother, um, yeah, he's in Helsinki. He just started his second year of his undergrad degree. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he finally um, decided that he wanted to go for a degree. Mm-hmm. Um so he's studying business IT um at yeah, um Helia, and it's like an English language program.
0: So I thought I'd start by asking you um a very broad question but where did you grow
1: up? So I grew up all over Europe. Um yeah, my my dad um he's a foreign service officer so um I was born in Germany in Bonn. Then we moved to D.C. for like six months while my dad did training. Um, and then we moved to London, then Estonia to Lynn, um, then Italy Italy to Rome, then Warsaw, Poland, then Frankfurt, Germany. And then I came um, to the U.S. for uh, undergrad. Oh, my gosh.
0: I've lost count then. How many, how many moves is that? Is that about ten? It's almost ten moves or so that
1: you've done. Yeah, it's it's quite a lot, and I've also um, like in college, I moved. Uh, I moved back to Europe for like a period. I did um, my year abroad at LSE, and then I had um, an internship in Brussels. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a lot of moving, a lot of moving. <laughs> but like I like I like it. Mm-hmm. It like it feels weird to me to be in one place for a long period of time. Mm.
0: Do you tend to get like a bit antsy or something if a certain period of time comes along?
1: Yeah, I would say so. Um like I don't know, like I I do enjoy DC, but like even now I'm I'm like okay, but I I want to go uh to grad school in like Europe. Like <laughs> it like I don't feel like there's always like this itchiness like where I want to like go somewhere else. I don't know. I'm hoping like I wouldn't mind like settling down somewhere but like for now I like I don't I don't know I'll probably just keep moving around
0: what's the longest you've ever unpacked your bags uh, unpacked your bags for
1: um hmm. that's a good question because I guess like not counting my childhood where we lived uh three to four years at a place um I guess right now I've lived in D.C. since I graduated. Um, So since 2017. But then there was a period where I moved back to Europe for um, a paid internship in Brussels. And then I moved to, that was for five months. And then I moved to Helsinki for a summer Mm -hmm. right after that. So like that kind of interrupted that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I guess since 20, uh, I guess since, hmm. 2019. I guess I moved back to the states. No, 2018. Yeah, so like around two years, I guess. Um, yeah. and it's do- hard to quantify it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is, isn't it? I mean, you you really have done a, a lot of traveling. Like, I didn't even realize. Like I forgot that you'd been to Rome as well, and I, that's crazy. It's amount of the amount of traveling, and that, that's not including holidays either.
1: No, not at all. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Do you find yourself feeling quite at home in airports?
1: Yeah, like I, during this pandemic time, I I was thinking to myself like, oh my gosh, the next time I go to an airport, I'm just going to be so grateful. Like I'm not going to take it for granted again. (laughs) Because it's such a, like it's such a familiar process and experience for me. Like, yeah, I just love airports. I love going to like duty free and like checking it out. Um, yeah, I love just walking around and yeah, and like just observing people and like looking at where people are boarding, where they're going to, like, it's just, it's a really cool concept.
0: Yeah. It's like the sort of limbo zone, isn't it? It's like no one's sort of from anywhere, but there's always like a, um, you know, they've always got that destination. They're always in between two places. And I I always quite like that. And also if anything, lots of traveling means, well. In my case, anyway, it means that I'm pretty good at packing now and especially like moving house packing as well. I can definitely do that quite well. It's down to like, it's like a fine art now down to the point where even if I forget one thing, like it's always going to be that thing, like your phone charger or I don't know, what else would you forget? But like your headphones and then I always get so mad at myself. Yeah. Hairbrush. (laughs) Because I get so mad at myself. I'm like, you should be better at this by now. Like, you know how to do this.
1: Yeah, I've definitely, like, I've had to pack up um, quite a few times to, like, move my entire life to a new place, like, in, like, maybe, like, one or two large suitcases. Mm-hmm. Um, so have you also felt like you haven't really accumulated a lot of stuff? Yes,
0: yeah. It's it's, it's to do with, I think, yeah, the, the moving a lot, because it's like you have, you just clean out loads of stuff. Like, every time you move, you always, like, chuck a load of, I don't know, whatever you're keeping, I think. I mean, I don't know if that's the case for you, but it's it's almost like a like a cleansing experience every time you you leave. You can't take too much stuff with you anyway, so you've got to leave some things behind.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like, even um, I was already uh, having a lot of spare time during this pandemic. Um, like, I was, like, imagining, like, okay, well, what do, what would I take to grad school, like, out of all this stuff? Because um, Goodwill, like, all these donation places aren't accepting things. So I'm already, like... Low-key like gathering stuff that I want to donate eventually that I don't want to take with me. So um, But yeah, I definitely I found like in college a lot of my friends had had just like a bunch of stuff and then they were always so surprised that I had everything in like one or two suitcases <laughs> Like <laughs> they were just so flabbergasted <laughs> and like meanwhile, I think one of my friends um, she lived in Boston in Boston and she like took two whole trips to bring all of her stuff like oh, wow. back to back to college. And I was like, I cannot fathom doing that. Like why would you bring so much stuff? <laughs> <laughs>
0: why would you need all that stuff? I wonder yeah. what she had. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I found that, um, in more recent years, I've been moving sort of every one or two years and that tends to be from flat to flat or wherever. And, um, and, and I realized that the reason why, like, I was, tra- like, that was the reason why I didn't have that much stuff, because I was moving. So the longer I stayed somewhere, the more crap I just had. And turns out I am a bit of a hoarder, but I never had time to find out, because I was always leaving and going somewhere else and packing up again. So uh, I now understand why people need clear outs. I totally get it.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're they're definitely essential. Yeah. Oh.
0: So how, um, when you were growing up, do you, off the top of your head, do you know how many different schools you went to?
1: Hmm. Let me see. Uh, I went to quite a few. Um, I never trans, like, I always stayed at the one school in each place. Um, so let me see. So Tallinn, Rome, Warsaw, um, Germany. Hmm. Yeah. So I guess only four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only four. Um, And they, they were all like very like different experiences. So um, for example, in Tullin, it was like the whole entire school, like kindergarten to 12th grade, uh, you were there, was um <laughs> only like a hundred people, which is crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think I remember someone told me that like once the like, graduating class was like only two people.
0: Yeah. It, I think it was the older, the kids got the smaller the classes were probably because like that you know they were going to other countries or they were studying somewhere else but um the more I think about it that the more I think I realized how tiny the actual building was like it was really small for a school anyway
1: yeah definitely yeah it was tiny and like I don't have I was very young back then but um yeah I remember um like the outside of the building like had a weird texture to it it was like gray and like a weird crumbly wall i i have a feeling i think i remember i gotta look this up but um they might have like torn down the building or like completely renovated it
0: oh that's sad yeah <laughs> oh, well and so how did that compare to your other schools
1: um yeah so in rome i went to um a catholic school Uh, roman catholic because like my parents i mean we're not religious but they felt like okay well it's good to like give them exposure to like religion and they can make their own choice if they believe um in like god or whomever um so that was interesting we like wore uniforms and i have no idea how big it was but it was definitely like uh you know i could safely say maybe like 800 or something um but I think, like, the biggest schools I've gone to have been, like, maybe, like, 1,500 or something. They haven't been very big, and that's through, like, kindergarten to 12th grade.
0: Mm-hmm. And were they all international schools you went to?
1: Yeah, they were all international. Um, yeah, and... The, well, like, international slash American, so mm-hmm. essentially international. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and... There were like, it was interesting how in some schools were more multicultural and some were like mainly just had European students. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting too, how that shifted every time in every school as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So did you have to
0: have a a shift in almost mentality when you went in or were you sort of mm -hmm. surprised by the mentality of the school?
1: um so i think like the nice thing about international schools is that um they're so used to people moving in and out so everyone's pretty everyone's basically open to like all the new students and like you can easily find friends Mm -hmm. um but yeah like some like certain schools i remember warsaw a distinct thing about warsaw was um the school i went to was like super athletic and they really put a high importance on sports. Mm -hmm. And then when I moved to Frankfurt, there wasn't really that. It was more so um, academic. Um, So that was, like, interesting, that whole shift. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's very bizarre. But I did notice that, um, like, in every school, did you find this as well, um, that the... uh, kids of that nationality so like for example that all the Germans hung out with all the other Germans they didn't really interact with like the other international kids yeah well with me which was quite interesting was
0: I um so I had the only international school I went to was the one in, in Estonia in Tallinn and then it, what was weird for me was I went from international you know everyone integrating to English Catholic school and then boarding school eventually and yeah so that was a bit of a shock that people thought <laughs> I was shocked when I got there because I was like what nine years old and no one knew where Estonia was and I was like what <laughs> I just assumed I was like doesn't everyone know um and but then when I got to like yeah the boarding part that's when we got more international people and yeah you'd find like the Mexican girls would hang out a lot together and so of the Spanish girls or the Chinese girls and Um, but then I ended up making friends with those people because we were the only ones left on the weekends. So like all the weekly boarders would go home and then it would just be us full boarders. So in a way it was like my accent matched the people who would go home, but then like my actual life (laughs) matched more the people who were staying. So, um, it was kind of a weird balance for me trying to fit in, but, um, the Mexican girls were a lot of fun though. They were lots of fun and the Spanish girls. And actually my Nigerian friends as well. They were great. Um, one of them is in um, one of my, my podcast episodes, actually. So you should go check out that episode, mm-hmm. dear listeners. Um, and uh, But yeah, it's an interesting thing having to sort of, I found I had to match my different parts of my personality to the different sort of groups of friends that I had. I don't know if you ever found that. So sort of adjusting to whether it was, I don't know, international students or whether you were talking to American students and how that changed.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I get that. Um, you know, it's yeah, like it's interesting because when I was in Frankfurt, um, I had a very more of a multicultural, like um, multinational um, group of friends. But then I found that also the Americans kind of stuck together mm-hmm. and I'm half American, but I never... Yeah, like being that's an interesting point of um I'm half American half Finnish, but I don't really identify very strongly with either nationality. But I found that when um, you know, other state department kids or other like maybe army kids, like if they're American, they tended to hang out with the other Americans. Um and I think it's because maybe it was like more familiar with them. Um a lot of them they might have um this might've been like the first time moving abroad. Maybe they lived in the States beforehand. So like, I guess it's, I think it's natural that you gravitate towards your own like culture and nationality. But um, I always I always found that like very strange how like the Americans wouldn't want to, like didn't necessarily mingle with like the other nationalities as much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like very interesting in international schools, how like these different cliques form. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. I mean,
0: there's a, um, there's a book I've been meaning to read as well, um, which is about, it's basically about the same thing, but in terms of like black students in white majority, um, uh, schools and why they always click together. But I I imagine like, it's basically, it's sort of the same principle. It's like, you're going to stick with people who are, you know, have similar experiences to you. So you're not, you don't feel so ostracized by like this outer experience. Um, but at the same time, I don't know, I guess I found it confusing that we couldn't all be friends. <laughs> like I just thought, yeah. I think maybe I was just a bit too optimistic, perhaps. I was like, we can all be friends. So let's hold hands. Let's all sit together. But it's just not the way it works. Like even at boarding school, there was segregation almost between the boarders and um, the day students. And then when he, even within those, um, there were subsections and even more subsections and, um, so it just I guess yeah it's something that happens naturally but um did you find that you sort of made friends easily are you you more um are you easy to did you find yourself adapting easier to these places and making friends easier
1: Yeah I I say so I think the nice thing is is um like people are very open towards the new students so like yeah but I think in um a lot of case from what I remember a lot of cases the new kids would kind of like hang out together and like obviously like as the year progresses you like make friends with like the other groups of people and um like it wasn't necessarily i think in my case um like i was friends with like a lot of different groups and then i had my core group you know like i kind of like dabbled with like a bunch of people Mm -hmm. um friendship wise yeah but it's interesting because like whenever i hung out with like the americans they would say something about American culture, like, oh, Emma, did you ever watch this show on the Disney Channel? And I'm like, no, I did not grow up in America. I'm sorry. I don't know <laughs> what you're on about. <laughs> um, yeah, so like, that's been, that that was always interesting. Like I never, um, I never really, that like made me realize, okay, like I'm not really in touch with like American culture. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but like, and then when I moved here for college, that also became apparent. Like it's very much tied with like the media. I think like with the media you consumed as a kid. I think that's a lot of that like helps people like relate to you. And I didn't have that at all. So it was sometimes you definitely feel left out of conversations. Mm-hmm.
0: It can be a bit jarring as well, I find like well for my friends anyway, they found it quite jarring because they'd say something like they yeah, it would be the same thing, some sort of obscure reference or well, obscure reference for me not so much for them about some english tv show or did you like did you watch this growing up and i'd say what is that or i remember once this is so embarrassed i remember feeling really embarrassed that i didn't know but my friend was talking about a video game and i don't play video games i never have but there was one called crash bandicoot or something oh yeah apparently quite a big thing and it's nothing to do with any culture but i just didn't i just wasn't around that and i didn't consume it and then she said oh did you ever play oh no do you know crash bandicoot and i said oh what kind of music do they play and she <laughs> like stopped in her tracks like huh what do you mean <laughs> um, but just little things like that would sort of make me go oh god i maybe i have missed out on this i don't know whatever this game was or um, certain kinds of music even that just uh, completely yeah. went past me.
1: And then you find yourself, like, um, consuming the media of, like, you know, the home, the country that you're in. Um, so And then it's hard for me to, like, when I was in college, I was like, oh, did you ever watch, like, the movements or anything? And they're like, what's that? And I'm like, oh, OK. So, like, I didn't really have anyone to talk to about these certain um, things that I grew up watching. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And do you ever find that like, when you do talk about your childhood, you that you're thinking like, I hope I don't, not coming off as like pretentious. Oh my you God. Know what I mean, <laughs> yeah. definitely, definitely.
0: I had a, I had an experience at, 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 um, boarding school where when my parents were living in Columbia at the time. So we'd go there for holidays and stuff. And that's what I talk about because of my holidays. Like, I was in Colombia and I was seeing my parents, or I was, you know, um, just having a nice time. So I'd come back and I'd say, "Oh, in Colombia this, in Colombia that." And one of my friends said, "Do you know, so and so finds it really annoying how you just go on about (laughs) Colombia? Like, what else am I meant to call it? Like, that's my home." (laughs) Um, But yeah, have you have you sort of have you been made to feel aware about it, or are you just sort of conscious at the back of your mind?
1: I think, um, yeah, like when I was in, well, I think when in university, I was a little bit like conscious of it because um, a lot of my friends were um, American. I did make friends with um, a a lot of the international students as well because that just felt natural to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, like sometimes I'd be like, oh yeah, like when I was living in Rome or like, oh yeah, like when I lived in you know Warsaw mm-hmm. I like they were like whoa oh right yeah Emma, Emma grew up abroad this is kind of weird um but I they I don't think they ever I never I'm always like conscious of it and so I don't I don't really talk about like my child like my childhood experiences or if I do sometimes I don't really mention where it was I just like talk about the actual experience mm-hmm. so then because like I don't wanna come off as being, um, you know, pretentious. Um, and I don't really bring it up, like my background that up that much unless someone asks me about it. Mm-hmm. I don't like, l- like lead with it, you know, when I introduce myself.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I'm the same. Um, like my colleagues at the moment, they have no idea about my background, whatever. They don't ask, so, you know, I don't tell. But it's an interesting um, thing to have to choose you know well sort of yeah identify who you can sort of talk to about these things and and um, when's the right time to bring it up i mean sometimes i joke and when someone says where are you from i'm like how long have you got have you got a notebook with you <laughs> got a map <laughs> um, but cuz it is such a strange thing to be to feel guilty for decisions that you didn't even make it's like you're, it's you know it's your parents job or your um it's just where you're parents happened to be at the, that time so you just went along with them and you feel i don't know sometimes i feel sort of uh, yeah i feel guilty about it <laughs> i have to yeah that i'm i'm or not what's the right word maybe it's not guilty maybe
1: it's like yeah almost embarrassed maybe i'm not sure
0: yeah like self
1: conscious about it
0: yeah yeah i reckon that's it um yeah. which is an odd feeling because it's very we're very lucky people as well
1: Definitely, yeah. I was like during this pandemic, I've, i was just kind of reflecting. Like, I've I've had so many like great experiences. I've got to live all over the place and travel to all these places. So like I, yeah, like I feel very blessed. Um, yeah, like it's definitely like a very, I think this this period and also like just like interacting with people who haven't like been abroad as much, you definitely like feel very grateful for your upbringing. Um, but I'd say I think it also. I think it's sometimes a little alienating as well because um, like it's um, sometimes it's hard to like relate to people because mm-hmm. you've had such a different upbringing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah I, I I understand that because I, I find that with certain people or like you become really good at what I call chameleon kid skills like you're really good at you find you're good at absorbing a culture or absorbing like um, a certain group of people and, or a lifestyle. And then, um, I don't know. I have often find myself a bit lost. Like I heard this, um, this way of talking about it the other day, which is, well, I listened to this podcast, um, by Amanda Seals, the comedian, um, called small doses. And she talks about when she sort of spirals in terms of her mental health. Like, um, she talks about, um, like like it's a kite like we like you have to bring the kite back in just tether it back down and but i feel like that about sort of yeah where I fit in with other people because I'm sort of constantly adjusting and adapting and using my chameleon skills that like sometimes if I'm not attached to one of those things, I'm sort of just like that, that, that kite flying in the wind going where, where to now? Like what's going on now? And I think that's what's happened to me in this pandemic. I'm like, well, th- this isn't home where I am now, but like, what does this mean? <laughs> what does this mean for my, yeah, just
1: my mental health as well? Yeah. Do you, so when you, now that you're living at home, does it not feel like home to you? I mean, it
0: feels like home because my mum's here, and my and the pictures that I recognise are here and stuff like that. But it's still quite strange. I, I don't feel uh, like I know the area very well. I don't really have don't know too many people too too many people here. Um, but I imagine you must feel quite at home at, in uh, DC because you know your parents have been based there for a while now.
1: Yeah, I. I think I do. Um, but I've come to realize, yeah, like oh, def- home is definitely like um, where my family is, I think. But I also, like a lot of my friends, because of the pandemic, they've had to move out of DC. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, now that a lot of my friends are gone, I like the community makes it home. And now that like a lot of my friends are gone, I'm just like, ah, this doesn't really feel like home anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like, I, yeah, like my social life has kind of, um, like spread out. (laughs) So yeah, I, but I, I, like DC is a familiar city and I really love it. Um, but I think like once the pandemic has lifted or like I can maybe start going to the office, I think I'll start feeling more, um, connected with the city again, Mm -hmm. but now that I've just mainly been at home, um. Like, I, I feel like, oh, I've kind of lost touch, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I haven't, like, I've kind of lost touch with, like, with DC. Like, um, I don't really feel like I belong, but I think once I start going in again, hopefully in the next few months, um, I'll start, like, feeling more connected to the area. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's definitely, like, the self-isolation thing has really, like, thrown my sense of, like, home and, like, belonging off. I'm like out of the door <laughs> I've just been like in my in my room like I mean I've, I've hung out with people but like yeah it's um it's just interesting how commu- community definitely like really plays um and friendship really plays a lot of part in my sense of home in a place mm-hmm. um I think that's yeah.
0: a common trait in a lot of um third culture kids um that it, it's mainly yeah home is community based and I think the pandemic's really affected a lot of a lot of people like like us, especially if you've got family all over the place and you know, your friends are all over the place as well, whether that's, you know, across the... You're, you're in the same country, but they're across the other side or um, just another part of the world. So it's... um, Which is a... Yeah, it's a really kind of scary as well, because especially if you've got, I don't know, grandparents somewhere else or... Um, yeah, it's it's really strange and not not being able to go visit them and 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 see them which is um frustrating. Understandable like why we can't but frustrating nonetheless. I mean, I don't know if you you've got any updates about whether your your mum for example could come see you.
1: Yeah, I think she's yeah, she she wants to but I think um we're going to have to wait a few more months like she was hoping when this started, like, oh, maybe it'll, like, die down by the fall, and then she can come visit, but that doesn't seem to be happening, um, so maybe maybe next summer. Um, but regardless, like, I'm hoping that I can, um, like, go to grad school, so, but I'll, I'll have to see how it goes, but I wouldn't mind, like, going to Finland next summer and, like, spending it there. That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's been, like, almost... Ever since Christmas, I haven't seen my um, mom and my brother, so it's been like a long time. Oh wow! Yeah, I
0: mean, so I mean, I imagine you guys are, you know, calling all the time and you know texting as much as you can, and but that's a, that's a long time to be like physically away from each other.
1: Yeah, and like like even though we do like um do like Zoom calls and what it, what have you like, it's not the same as like physically being there with someone mm mm-hmm. mhm it's um
0: it's It's really interesting to sort of see how yeah th- this pandemic's making you really take a lot of things um you know you're really re- realizing the value in those small things um like physically being around um those people, and I really hope you get to see them soon i mean yeah maybe next summer you, you know twenty twenty one that's the year that everything is going to change because nothing can be worse than twenty twenty
1: let's be real. <laughs> and i was i was just talking to my friends i was like yeah when i you know when my birthday comes around in march i'm just going to be like nope i'm still 25 this past year was like whatever <laughs> <laughs> i have not aged <laughs> we are just going to cross it off
0: <laughs> yeah. like treat it like a leap year like it doesn't really happen like it's fine it's not a yeah leap year. <laughs> yeah when i was reading about this there was um an article I came across where someone talked about feeling a bit like an animal at the zoo, not so extreme, but you know, what makes you interesting isn't your job or isn't your, um, your personality or whatever it is. It is your upbringing and you're that person who's, you know, Oh, that's, that's Sophia. She's my traveling friend or, you know, and you're like, but I haven't moved for a little bit. So, you know, not, not so much anymore or, Or I don't know if you've ever felt that sort of, um, yeah, that sort of pigeonholing.
1: Yeah, I think I I definitely have. um, Like, I think when people, yeah, like people see me as like the person who like grew up abroad um, and like moved around a bunch. Mm -hmm. And I guess, but I think. And my certain circumstance, um, like I work in international relations, I guess. Um, so maybe I'm like living up to that stereotype, I guess, of like what one would expect, like a third culture kid to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I think I don't. I don't really know much about the stereotypes, but I can imagine, like maybe people who like they think like okay, third culture kids, maybe they'll like you know become a diplomat or like they'll, um, you know, work in New York and finance and go to like these prestigious universities. I think there's that sort of mindset with um, third culture kids. And that was especially like when I, whenever, every school I went to, they, um, I think they had like this pressure of like, you have to go to like a really good university. Um, There was definitely like that pressure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I, I guess I, I, most of my friends, um, thankfully, they kind of just took me for me, and then whenever I did mention my upbringing, they they're like, "Oh right, yeah, Emma has that background." <laughs> um, they, I don't think they necessarily um, thought like that wasn't like their first, their forefront thought of me. Like, do you do you feel like you you don't really like, do you identify very much being British? Like, do you consider yourself that?
0: Now I used to, but not anymore. I used to because I was taught this is the best thing to be. This is the passport that you need. You can travel anywhere you like with this passport. So, um, and that's why I don't have German citizenship or anything like that because my mum's German, and um, or even Spanish citizenship. I don't have that either. And um, and then. Of course, we have our shit year here, which was 2016, Brexit. And, um, and it's just getting worse and worse. And I remember my mum saying, like, she's never felt more German than when that happened. So I was like, damn, I think that's true of me. I think that's what I've been feeling too. Like, I've, I've never felt so strong a tie to my sort of European roots. Um, and I don't know if you feel that with, like, you know, your, your Finnish roots almost with what's going on in the States right now
1: yeah definitely um yeah i'm like oh thank god i have my finnish passport i have i have a a way out i i I have the ticket if i need it um yeah for sure like i've never um like i don't i think for me since i grew up in europe and i have a finnish passport um and i spend a lot of time in finland growing up like on holidays and stuff Mm. i don't necessarily think i'm finnish i don't like like i like i very much identify strongly with that and i'm more proud of being finnish than i am american if i'm being honest um
0: Maybe but it's understandable.
1: yeah and then when i but when i go to finland i i'm you know since i didn't grow up there um like i there's definitely like a disconnect there and then yeah i don't I'm, I don't feel fully finished, but I very much, like, love that I'm from that place. Mm-hmm. But if I were to, like, if people are like, oh, well, what do you, where? which country do you, do you identify more with? I'm like, I honestly, I would just consider myself, like, a European, if I'm being honest. Like, I, I don't really have, like, a close um, identity with either place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like I have the grounds to strongly, like, identify with it each place Mm -hmm.
0: so i guess yeah i mean i don't know if you were much of a football fan but if um i mean soccer fan as well so if if america and finland were playing each other would you say you wouldn't be able to choose a side or you just you know don't care about soccer it's fine
1: (laughs) i i don't care about soccer but if i were to choose i think i would go with finland (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. i um yeah, and fin- yeah, I I always would support Finland over America and personally. And um yeah, like like even living here, I don't I feel like yeah, I haven't really, like really developed like an American identity. Like I definitely like there are parts of this country where I definitely feel proud, but um yeah, like uh, uh, like I think this is telling. I've refused to learn the American system for anything, like Fahrenheit or like feet or whatever. Just like, nope, gonna stick with the metric system. <laughs> like, I think that really shows my mindset because I think in the long term, I don't really want to, I want to like move back to Europe and like live there long term and live out my whole life in Europe. I I, I do love America and I love visiting and I have had like amazing experiences here and, like, great job opportunities and all that, but um, I definitely, like, I feel more comfortable living in um, Europe, and I think, like, the healthcare system here and, like, there's just a lot of, with this country where I know I would have a better quality of life if I were to move to Brussels or, you know, London or wherever else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, like, One thing that I really appreciate about my upbringing is, like, I'm very open to other cultures and to, like, getting to know people from other cultures and, like, trying all these, like, different foods and, like, learning about, like, you know, the certain tradition or holiday, like, Mm -hmm. it's just so enriching. And, like, I think, as you said, it's, like, so beneficial to have that mindset because it's a lot easier to, like, adapt to places and to, like, make friends. And I think people are just really appreciative when you show that um, like genuine, like a genuine interest Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. like their culture and them as people. Definitely. Definitely.
0: I mean, especially right now with, you know, growing sort of the popularity of xenophobia right now is quite alarming. And when you've had the upbringing we have, it's, it's really disturbing and you can't quite understand it, but I think, yeah, our skill set is really important right now. Really
1: important. Yeah, just like compassion for others, <laughs> and being open-minded about other cultures, and like not, not fully like not like putting people in like one camp or the other. Like as you said like earlier, like where you had this mindset, of like why can't we all be friends at school? I very much had the same mindset when I was at school. So I'll, I definitely want to read more articles about like um, you know nationality and how people. Like, why there's, like, this inherent um, need to just group with, like, people that you're familiar with, you know? Mm-hmm,
0: yeah. Actually, I came across a few things, particularly about um, TCKs, which I can definitely send your way. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it's, so it's been really interesting, because I've been sort of looking through and going, oh, yeah, that it's things I had never thought about before right? and I, I've sort of identified with it so immediately which has been really really beneficial but yeah I'll send you some things
1: um, yeah that'd be great
0: I think that will leave us on something to think about really that will um and um there's nothing else uh, left to say other than um is there anything that you would like to uh plug or promote this could be anything from um, a social media handle to a TV show or even a country?
1: Um, hmm. I I think Portugal is very underrated.
0: Nice. Have you, have you been? I haven't been to Portugal.
1: It's a delight. You should uh, go sometime.
0: Thank you. I would love to. Do you know, actually, in Portos, which I think is in the south, um, there's a place where, like a massive old library, which is apparently where they base the... Uh, design for the library in Harry Potter, in the Harry Potter films. So oh, that's definitely on my list. But now that you've endorsed it, I think I might have to go. Thank you so much, Emma, for chatting to me uh, on this podcast. And um, you should come back again sometime. I feel like we've got loads to talk about.
1: Yeah, we got a lot of lot to talk about. So I'd love to come back sometime. Definitely. This is a lot of fun. My first yeah. podcast episode.
0: <laughs> How exciting. Yes. <laughs> right. I'm literally so annoyed with myself. I just recorded the most perfect outro. And, well, I thought I recorded it. Joke's on me. I didn't. Didn't press the right button. Oh, dear. Amateur hour. Talk about amateur hour. Well, if you're listening to this, that means you made it to the end of episode two. Um... And, oh, if you want to follow Emma on social media, you can. uh, You can follow her on Instagram uh, with the handle at Weeks with Emma. All one word, Weeks with Emma. Just with the at on the the front of that. And uh, the book whose title I'd forgotten was Why Are All the Black Kids Sitting Together in the Cafeteria and Other Conversations About Race? That's curated by Beverly Daniel Tatum, which is currently on my reading list. Um, I'm on a bit of an Audrey... Hi, audrey hype <laughs> well it's an audrey hype audrey lord hype and I, I would recommend um getting on that hype if you haven't so uh if you enjoyed enjoy today's episode you can find us on soundcloud because we're on soundcloud bubba yes soundcloud.com forward slash floaters that's with uh, two s's floaters because uh, floaters with one s was already taken rude. And get in touch with us through our page with any comments and questions. Uh, Be sure to like the episode. And uh, thanks to Aral for sound help. Thanks again to Emma as well for agreeing to sit down and chat with me. And thank you to you, dear listener. Stay tuned for more Floaters content soon.